later. Like maybe, maybe they were sitting there being like, ha ha ha, I have gay Batman out here and you can't stop me. <laughs> That'd be amazing. Like, I hope that that's what was going on in the 30s. Hi, welcome to Law School Ruin Me, the bi-weekly podcast where I seek validation from strangers on the internet. Please tell me I'm funny. I'm T, I'm your You're host. Funny. <laughs> and if you like me and my content, you can find me on Twitter at MyJDRuinMe or on Tumblr at Law School Ruin Me. The show has a Patreon account where I post bonus content usually once a month at patreon.com slash lawschoolruinedme. Or you can just listen for free and then tell your friends that I'm funny and then have them tweet at me that, hey, this Canadian is really funny. And then I feel good about all of this time that I have spent that is not billable hours. <laughs> we love not billing free time, except we don't. We love to bill all time. Tonight, I'm joined by the queen of quitting the billable hour, Nissa, who is coming back to talk about She-Hulk since we screamed for so long last time I had to turn it into a multi-episode arc. I appreciate that. So do you want to remind people where they can find you on the internet? Uh, you're going to have to try pretty hard because I am very lazy and easily distracted by uh, active group chats rather than... Uh, actual social media that requires effort on my part. So you can find my dog on Instagram at Rufus Junius Henry, all one word. Um, I don't think even Firefox remembers my password to Tumblr anymore, but it exists. So you can go through and look at stuff that I used to post about. Um, yeah, I, I try very hard to be imperceptible on this mortal plane. All right. So final three episodes. Starting with episode seven, I think my note for this was I was, as I was rewatching to do the, the recordings, I realized I was starting to feel better about the CGI. Yeah. I don't know if it was just I was used to it at that point. But I feel like it didn't take me out of the experience as much when I was seeing She-Hulk. I think they learned how to shoot her better a little bit. Mm. Um, cause there are definitely still scenes where like, it's a full face shot and you're just like, this looks like plastic. This is not a person. Um, but the lighting got better and, um, they figured out how to make her hair look real so they could use that to make her look real. But I mean, it's also still just garbage. Like it's, it's just bad and you just have to deal with it because you want to watch the show. And, like, <laughs> what she looks like when she's green and hopping around with no weight to her actions is not the point. <laughs> yeah, the, the fight scene CGI is, leaves a lot to be desired. Oh God. But, uh, so, episode seven, we come back to Tim Roth, um, who is just a gift to this world. Really is. <laughs> he's such a treasure. And you can tell he's having so much fun. It's like when you watch the Thor movies and you can tell Anthony Hopkins flew in for, like, a day of work and was just drunk the whole time. I mean, I'm sure he wasn't actually drunk, but, like, he's just having fun. Like He's just drunk on life. Like, this is yeah, great. I'm like, oh, I get to be a fruity god? Awesome. Like... And yeah, like Tim Roth is like, oh, I get to be a weird hippie who can also turn into a giant lizard man. Dick. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this the support group stuff was definitely some of my favorite of this episode. Oh, good. Yeah. Like, I'm a little uncomfortable, like, with the idea that she like showed up and was not 
participating, but they, like, forced her to participate. Like, that's not really cool. Having been railroaded into, like, therapy-type situations myself, like, it's not cool. Um, I mean, you can argue, like, oh, they could tell she needed it or, you know, whatever. But, like, you don't get to make that choice. Therapy is something you do for yourself. Like, she didn't get sentenced here. Right? Like, this isn't rehab. therapy. Yeah. (laughs) Right? Like... She didn't, she's not here by court order. Like, you don't get to force her to do this. Um, But they did, and like, whatever. Um, And, you know, it was helpful for her, although it did hurt my feelings a lot that she said the words hurtin' for a yurtin'. Um, I found that unforgivable. It hurt, like, several of your degrees. (laughs) Yes. It it was, yeah, it was a personal insult. (laughs) And I require a written apology from Tatiana Maslany. Um, <laughs> I will tweet at her. <laughs> oh, I did really like um, after, like, once they start being, like, her hype group, you know, once they're all in on the, like, the ghosting and everything. Um, yeah. I really liked how the weird vampire dude that Blonsky clearly fucking hates because, like, the first time he starts talking, he's like, oh, good, Saracen. Like, <laughs> he, like, does not want to deal with this dude. Um, but he's the one who's like, or maybe he wanted your blood. And they're all like, shut up. He did not want her blood. It's like, ta-da, he's right. <laughs> like, this is not about your dad. Don't talk about my dad. Like, <laughs> whoops. But how rude to throw in the the foreshadowing or like hint or whatever it is right there from this poor vampire guy okay but also like one of the dudes who previously tried to steal her blood yes yes is there yeah no point like it's like yeah you know somebody actually hired me to do that once right hmm mysterious (laughs) doesn't occur to him He's he's moved past that place in his life. You know, he's grown. Also, like, that then. is the most dude bro thing to be like, this doesn't relate to me directly. So why was I paying attention? Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I didn't connect those two things in my head. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that is that is dudes. <laughs> but the one I'm taking his mask off. It smells oh so God. bad. <laughs> I didn't like either that when she was done with, well, okay, I didn't like that her big, like, breakthrough was transforming back into Jen. It's like, but she's mm. been Jen and been happy being Jen this whole time. She showed up as Jen today and only turned into She-Hulk because the parole guy asked her to. I feel like it was a little bit of, like, she was trying to use She-Hulk as a shield. I mean, sure. That was the argument like, they were making in their discussion. Um, yeah, and it did like because like think about the wedding episode right yeah. like she wanted to go to see all of these people she hadn't seen before as she hulk because she thought that that was what was making her special yeah no that's true and she wanted to be like you know you show up at a wedding and you want to be hot like that's and she wanted <laughs> like she told josh she wanted to show everybody how good she's doing mm-hmm. and yeah that makes but like the idea that she's hesitant to be Jen, like, I don't know, it didn't super track to me, especially when she then turns around and, like, tries to pressure Porcupine. It's like, no, bitch, 
you showed up here and they had to like harass you into doing any sort of work on yourself. You don't get to like fast track him taking off his stanky suit. Like, yeah, I'd like, I I think part of where it falls apart is that they're very likely trying to like incorporate some of the, um, comic book storylines where we know that she hulk had a separate personality and like yeah. had more of an identifiable difference from jen yeah in the same way that like the incredible hulk and bruce used to yeah but like this iteration of she hulk has never had that right and they explicitly so- talk about how she doesn't have that and so like we've we've established this already it's the same person in there no matter what she looks like you know yeah so to create these like identity issues, it feels a little disingenuous because you're like, you are the same person. You just look a little different. Right. And like having her get really hung up on that, like I sort of get it, you know, it's similar to like, you know, the glow up summer or whatever. Like when you're suddenly hot and getting all the attention, you like don't trust it because, well, none of y'all cared about me when I was fat, like, you know, whatever. But, I think the thing I would almost compare it to is, like, the the Snapchat filters. Yeah. And, like, if you're so used to people perceiving you through Snapchat filters, you have a really um, uh, fearful and, like, m- poor relationship with the people around you when you're not behind a filter. Yeah. No, that's true. I don't know. It felt pretty forced to me. Like, it didn't yeah. it didn't translate that well. I mean, it was a great scene generally, and I liked <laughs> that all of these dudes have clearly actually been doing the work in this like session that they have because they have all this language and all these tools mm-hmm. to identify these problems in other people. So clearly they've been trying to do it themselves. And so that was cool. That was like a great thing to show about a bunch of dudes who clearly still have problems. But like, and like they were talking about emotions, yeah, and like yeah. they weren't just like Hulk smash, like, right? And you know that wasn't the end of it, you know. And she tried mm-hmm. to do that, and they were like, "Hold up, bitch, that's unacceptable." Like, to be fair though, with no context, the dude who tried to jump you walking into a room, like, I don't think she needs to be judged for that decision. <laughs> Correct. Um, I was thinking about dudes getting to be emotional. I was thinking about the fact that they didn't have to resort to like egregious like masculine shows of power in in like I've been vulnerable. Yeah. And how the like the one who jumped her was like, all we can offer her is violence when they were all like, That's it, we're taking this dude down. Um which you know is a great and correct response, but he's also not wrong that like, Hey, maybe we need to actually like talk about the situation. Cause like, sure we can murder him and that will solve part of the problem, but will it solve the feeling problem? You know, I, I liked that abomination as a group leader was more directing the conversation than like talking at these people. I really, I, I thought he was doing a great job. Like he was a legit good group therapist. And, like, it sort of made me wonder, like, where he got these credentials, you know? Because they talk (laughs) about that in his parole hearing, too. Like, how he coached that one guard through his divorce and, like, all this other stuff. And he's, like, super into his feelings and other people's feelings. And I'm like, 
what were you reading in prison? Because you were a fucking super soldier before this. Like, did you also happen to go to, like, a master's of social work? Like... He he did it through correspondence. <laughs> oh my god! <clears throat> but uh, the the big Obama stay at the background. <laughs> that was wow. That was yeah. So good. All of the branding stuff, and also like later when he's talking about like yeah, I do speaking engagements. Nothing bad. Strictly for profit. <laughs> like it being for profit makes it okay. Oh, I, so <laughs> we're jumping ahead a little bit, but it's fine. Yeah, the Obama stay like triggered it to me. Like, <laughs> I got the idea that he has no context for what these speaking engagements are. He's just like, yeah, rent my lodge. I'll come in. I'll give this like I that too. Yeah, I'll give this generic like you're achieving your goals kind of rah rah speech. Yeah, no, that was the sense I got absolutely because I feel like I don't think he's ever been disingenuous on this show like he just mm. for some reason fails to see relevance in things that are actually pretty fucking relevant um so he just doesn't he's a little insane <laughs> right like he's a little broken um so he like i think that if he had known for example from the finale like who these dudes were he would never have let them on his property like, and he yeah. never would have said, like, don't ask permission to them, you know? Yeah. But however Todd sold the engagement to him, I don't think was honest. I know this is shocking. Um, so, yeah, no, I don't. I don't. Honest? Right. <laughs> but I don't. I don't get the impression. And that was one of the things that we'll get into this in the finale. We'll talk about them. Um. Um, okay, so seven um, support group dynamics. Yes, um, the do we find out in episode seven that he was the one that took her blood, or do we find that I out? So eight? I think there's the little montage of like what happened or mm. whatever. Oh, the three days earlier. Thing. Yeah, 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 and like. How do you extract a syringe full of blood from a sleeping person? You drug them. I mean, yeah, but like, well, like, I mean, I guess we don't see anything past the like making out and closing the door. So it's totally possible there was a drink involved later. But like, we don't see that. So I, I don't know. If she stayed as Jen, she's not going to metabolize it well. That's true. Um, I think I was, like, I think I was more triggered by the cloning of her phone. Yeah, no, that was super like, up. Particularly as a lawyer. Yeah. Like, you can't do yeah. that. But also, like, nope. she might have had a work phone that was different. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure with a big law firm like that, she probably does. But also, how do you know which one to clone? Right. <laughs> I mean, I guess chances are good that the one she's carrying on your date is her personal one, but... Like, if she and Nikki text about a case, like... Yeah, right? Yeah, no, it, it's not cool. Like, I know that there's limited time on the show, but the fact that there was never really a... a reckoning for that violation of trust and privacy. Yeah. Yeah, right, nobody seemed to care. 
Like, I, I, your country is a dumpster fire right now, which, Correct. like, just getting worse. But Always. in Canada, we actually, yeah, we have, um, we have legislation developing about, um, what may constitute a vitiation of consent in a sexual relationship. So, like, if you guys have previously talked about using condoms and then you don't use a condom, like, that's not a consensual act. If you have told certain falsehoods in order to have sex, like, they have to be substantial. Sure. It can't just be, like, like I told I her I was fine. into you instead of I'm here to <laughs> farm your blood for a weird cloning procedure. Do you think that might qualify? <laughs> I think I think I'm here to steal your blood and your phone. Yeah, qualify. Yeah, yeah, those might be pertinent falsehoods for you know consent metrics. Yeah, what's it like to live in a country that works? (laughs) Listen, we're like we're held together by duct tape sometimes. Okay. I mean, even that would be nice at this point. Like, we're trying, but dear God. Like, it's because like the of the way that the ending is done, and I have feelings about that, but it feels like she never deals with this part. Yeah. I mean, I agree. But again, I don't think she finds out about it until the finale. Where other things are happening. So I don't know that there was an opportunity for her to deal with it. Um, anything else about our yurt episode before we go on to episode eight? Fucking yurt. Ugh. <laughs> also, like, oh, just the concept of being in a sweat yurt for like for any amount of time. I mean, I'm not a sauna person to begin with, but that just sounds like absolute hell. Too much body fat for that to sound enjoyable. Yeah. Right. And then having a bunch of people t- like he comes back and he's like, I was visited by a lot of feminine energy. I think I was talking to my grandma. It's like, oh, I don't want whatever is happening in there. Like, I don't I don't need to be sweaty in front of ghosts. That's... <laughs> okay, so nothing substantial, just your general hatred of yours. <laughs> I mean Yeah. <laughs> Not a yurt person, I gotta say. <laughs> okay, so episode eight, which was probably my favorite of the season. I could, yeah, I could see that. It was, it was good. I see that I took a lot of notes on episode eight, so clearly I enjoyed it also. Episode eight is our Dear Frogman episode. God. Yeah. I deserve justice. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Love, I, I love that, like, off the top, again, we are dealing with this idea of, like, what does the broader MCU look like? And there's just shitty superheroes out there. That makes me so happy. I really love how the entire season, anytime someone is like, oh, yeah, she's She-Hulk, it's like, never heard of you. Who's that? <laughs> like, right? And then, like, Matt shows up in this episode, and they're like, oh, Daredevil. Oh, never heard of him. Like, who's that? Like, because he patrols fucking 10 blocks in Manhattan. Who's ever heard of this joker? Like, people in Brooklyn don't know who he is. Like, so I uh, do love Daredevil crossover. It just made me so happy because it made the lawyer scene really good. 
good. It was so good. I don't know what happened to Charlie Cox's accent since they filmed Daredevil previously, um, but I hope it returns from the war soon. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I love him to death, and I will follow him wherever he goes, but like, yikes. I just the the calmness in the courtroom scene, the details, the little like snipping back and forth. The fact that there were actual arguments being posed and like mm-hmm. things that made even tangential legal sense. Like, I mean, it was not a good product liability case. It was not. Um I mean, I never prosecuted product liability. Or anything like that, but like we had to cover it in remedies. I know, uh, you know, whatever. Um, and it did commit the egregious TV law scene sin, rather, of uh, surprise evidence in the courtroom. But at least it wasn't like. At least what happened was Daredevil smelled the jet fuel, asked a question, and then they like it just. It made Jen look real bad. Like, how is any of that admissible? He wasn't on the stand. He's not sworn to tell that. He's just fucking sitting at counsel's table. But he has a dumb shit, so he was not about to lie. (laughs) And also, like, when when Matt was like, he's lying. Don't ask how I know. I just know. And the judge is like, we all know he's lying, bro. Like, do not brag about this. He's a dumb fuck. We know. Like, (laughs) like, A child can tell he's lying. (laughs) But yeah, like, she didn't ask him about off-label uses before she agreed to take this case or, like, before she went to this hearing in the first place. Like, I understand not wanting to talk to this person for any longer than absolutely necessary. I fully understand that. I sympathize deeply. But you gotta know. Like, you have to ask specifically about shit like that because he was lit on fire what lights on fire propellants what kind of propellant was he using what kind was he supposed to use boom we're not going to court you're paying a settlement you get nothing thank you and good night like it definitely felt like a little like phoning it in from like jen's lawyer perspective of my boss told me I had to take this, so fine. I'm gonna but shit I'm gonna the bed on it. Actually, do nothing that like my mm-hmm. job requires. Like I'm gonna commit malpractice over this. Like cool. I guess she doesn't want this big money job anymore. Like, and I get that it's you know killing your like energy to do anything. But a that's big law, and you took it. You know, you knew that. But also, like, that's not the way to get out of a job. <laughs> I think that if they were trying to go for like Big Laws eating your soul, mm. didn't really do a good job of showing that. Like, no, because you have to know that this is not how the law actually works to recognize what an absolute craptastic job she just did at her job. Like, it's not good visual storytelling. Like, I know we get the scene in the bar where she's like, Oh, yeah, I guess I'm just working for them. Right. She's like, I work for them full time. I got no gas in the tank for anything else because he talked about all of his pro bono shit. And it's like, sir, you run around in pajamas like a lot. Um, It's not like you're working a ton either. But, you know, a lot of people don't. 
do any more pro bono work than is required to maintain licensure, you know? It's not required, but they do recommend that you do 10 to 20 hours a year. So, like, one matter. I guess I understood where it was going, but I didn't didn't care. Like, ever, this, like, oh, my job is soul-sucking was never really an arc. Like, I don't care. Like, it came out of nowhere. And, like, yeah, no, that managing partner sucks. Like, but he's a managing (laughs) partner at a big law firm. You know, what did you want? Yeah. And like, it was funny when we were just seeing him be like a bad boss. Cause I'm like, that's fun. We've all had those. We've all had those lawyer bosses. Yeah, exactly. All right. Send him to Minneapolis because he hates the cold. But you just like, you don't really get to see Jen experience any of like the true negatives of right kind of work. Right. Because she doesn't seem to have any expectation that, uh, she would not work like 80 hours a week or a hundred. Like she's just already resigned herself to working big law hours. Well, I guess, I mean, I guess she was an ADA before. So like kind of the same deal, only you don't get paid because you have 18,000 cases every 10 minutes. Like the lawyer part that I really enjoyed though, was when um, they're having their little like fight in the parking lot. And then they realize it's each other. It's like, well, your client just kidnapped my client, so I gotta go get him. And it kind of, like, reminded me of, like, lawyers outside of a courtroom. Yeah. We were like, oh, hey, nice to see you. Uh, you know, your dude just did this? Like, yeah. oh, fuck, all right. Like, yeah. Like, hey, yeah. let's get coffee next week. Like, yeah, can you keep your dude from stalking his ex-wife? Like, oh, I'll try. Like, yeah. <laughs> Exactly that kind of attitude, yes. Yeah. Have you ever destroyed a parking lot before? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, why not, right? Also, people who run parking garages in downtown LA deserve it. Because those are everywhere else in this city, like, because, because you have to park, like, the rates are not terrible for like a big city Hmm. but like downtown LA it's a shit show so those people deserve to have their parking garages destroyed except that it will pass on the cost to the rest of us yet again and so it'll be $50 to park instead of $35 and like there's no winning really but it's got to be very satisfying also the dude putting fucking lily pad in gigantic letters like, sir. Under the lily pad, you don't know what that is? My famous secret lair, like, bro. I did, like, the um, the line that Jennifer gives uh, Daredevil at one point, though, of, um, it's it's sad you thought that would work. Yeah, 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 when the dude comes after her with a bat, and she just, like, looks at him, <laughs> she's like, it's sad that you thought that would work. <laughs> so good. When he was talking to Luke and was like, I know you're just being mean because I kidnapped you. Like, yeah, probably. (laughs) That's, yeah. The, the, like, millennial brattiness of it was great. Like, that guy was unmatched in, like, entitled man-child. Just, Mm -hmm. like, absolutely no concept of other people as human beings. 
Uh, yeah. But also, like, I have questions about her continuing to represent him, like, knowing that he is happy to admit he has undertaken a kidnapping. Like, this is now a criminal case instead of a somewhat shaky products liability case. And, like, he's not superhuman. He just bought a suit. Uh, so, what the fuck? Like, do we not have an ethical duty to, like... Step back when we know a client is guilty. You well, like the thing is that she's now a witness. Right, right. This is like way conflicted out, and you know. But oh, we have to. We'll get into this. Also, is this this episode? Wherever we discover that managing partner seems to think that like once you've had a conflict waiver, then it's totally fine. It was the start of this episode? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like. That's not how conflicts work. Like, the fact that she's had to have a conflict waiver before means you should be trying extra hard not to get her conflict cases now. Like, that's a super-duper special occasion thing. And, like, it looks real bad on your firm if she's constantly taking cases that she has personal conflicts with. Ethics doesn't like that. Your insurance doesn't like that. Right? Like, the state board is not going to like that. Like, I also wonder if they're just like presupposing that as a super powered person, she's going to wind up in conflicts in the superhero law division. I mean, I guess, but that's not an assumption that you can just roll with, you know, like. Can if you're the mediocre white man managing a law firm. Yeah, like let's be honest here. We all know that one boss. He'd be like, "Yeah, I'm sure it's fine." Right until Calbar comes and is like, "Um, hey, you know how this is like super not cool, and this is like multiple ethics violations." Uh, yeah, you're all disbarred by like. <laughs> Coming back to the best like foreplay fight scene. You're a lawyer too. I just watch a lot of legal drama. Oh my god, that was so good. <laughs> it was like I have to, I have to protect my identity how do i make it reasonable that i have a working knowledge of how shitty the temporary insanity defense is uh law and order (laughs) (laughs) yep but like that that banter back and forth i love that i was living for it i was like this is what a superhero law show would be like these are the shining moments right. and that's exactly how superhero lawyers would be like yes. trying to like rubber duck the the <laughs> argument verbally like while having a fight I, just like mm, i wouldn't argue it that way i'd do it this way like excuse me punch like so good oh it was fantastic and also the argument about like at the beginning when he's like I do this all the time, like literally this exact situation. Just wait. And then she's like, I'm not going to wait for half an hour. And he's like, that's that's not how math works. Like, and say it with me because we all heard it. She went to law school, not math school. But <laughs> Because it's true, that's not how the math works out. But the first time I watched that episode, I did it in my head like five times and I came up with half an hour every time also. So, like, I also did not go to math school. (laughs) I do understand now that that is not the amount of time that it takes. What did he say? Like, 15 seconds and there's, like, 12 of them or whatever. Yeah, no, I get it. 
but like I did not get it. Speaking of taking hot English men to bed, <laughs> as everyone should. <laughs> My note on the next scene was just I appreciate this the sex positivity of this show because it was just like Jennifer's having sex with people. She's like, I want to bang. Let's fucking go. And the end of the episode ruins that. Because <laughs> she like tries to like sneak into it. She's like, when do you go back to New York? And he's like, tomorrow. And so you can see her like calculating in her head. Like, I mean, I guess we could do the normal date thing, but I kind of want to fuck. Like, yep. Right. And so she's like, or we could just skip all that. Like, let's go. Like, good for you. Loved it. Loved it. It was so good. Fantastic. Oh my God. And then like the walk of shame and Nikki being like this dude in a devil costume is doing the walk of shame. <laughs> and and we're happy. Okay. Like, yeah. Oh, that was so good. <laughs> He can hear other things beating, too. <laughs> oh, that's a good point. I once went to a wedding uh, where the groom was deaf, like fully deaf, um, and everybody got super drunk. And so at the reception, uh, we were all talking about how like, the bride was telling us all, like, she never had to fake it because he's deaf. So, like, he wouldn't have been able to hear the, like, faking it sounds anyway. So And he could tell, you know, whether it was real or not. And I was like, secret advantages. Like, that's amazing. So, yeah, I mean, Daredevil. Who knew his super hearing could, could be advantageous in this way? <laughs> People with disabilities benefit everyone. That's right. That's right. This is why eugenics is bad. Because it contributes to fake orgasms. <laughs> <laughs> that's the through line that's... I want to make that the cold open with no other context <laughs> uh, okay um, next part of this episode because I wanted it to end just on like the sex scene with Matt that was, right? that was great then we get this weird fourth wall break oh I really didn't like that yeah no that fourth wall break was the beginning of the end for me I mean, we also haven't yet discussed Todd calling her in the middle of the night. And like, I was told that this firm was 24 seven. Uh, is that wrong? Like, fuck you, bro. I don't care about Todd. I don't. I know. And no one is collecting African shit on my level, bro. Do not like, don't talk. Don't talk anymore. I did like that. She told him she was billing for the whole hour. Although hopefully he will not report that to the firm because then they will unbill it. Except for the time she was actually there. Um, but she should 100% bill him for, like, five hours of time because of the emotional duress uh, created by having to listen to his bullshit. It's a lot of travel time. It's after hours. Right? Traffic yeah. is gross. Um, I don't know where a place called Hoof and Fleur would be, but, like, it's not going to be somewhere that's easy to park. Like, those parking fees alone are worth an hour of her billable time. Easily. Easily. Um, okay, so yeah, then we get to that fucking. <sighs> this is where the worst parts of the fourth wall breaking start, because like, it's one thing to have a problem and lampshade it, but it's another thing to think that that makes the problem go away. 
Like, so when you call it a tacked on set piece with a like, oh, this is the twist because it's going to have a twist like that doesn't make it not bad that that's what's happening. It's real clunky. And I mean, I thought it was kind of cute initially where she's like, wait for the gala. Is this is next episode the finale? Like, Mm -hmm. like she lost track of time as one would after a night with Matt Murdock. That part was cute. The continuation. Yeah. Yeah. And then how they did that, like, like real bad fake out where like she says something about the twist and then Nikki like pounces into the scene. She's got brushes between her fingers like claws and the, and like, come on. No, that's not funny. That's not cute. Like Nikki is cute and perfect and amazing. And we're lucky to have her. But that moment was stupid. Abuse Nikki like this. Yeah. Right. How dare you lower her to this buffoonery? It's it's not good. And then and then we have to do the stupid ceremony, which like so gross. Backwards and in high heels. Please die. Like <laughs> I did like that Mallory was like, and people ask you what it's like to be a female lawyer. Look daggers at this person. Like mm-hmm. she was not here for it, and I support that. I like I don't why is it all of them getting this award? Like it doesn't make like what is woman of the woman lawyer of the year excuse me which is already like an offensive title but also like nobody never heard of this award all of them were surprised and then it's like eight people up on the stage what purpose does that like clearly clearly todd invented this as an opportunity to attack but then Uh why award it to like six other people like what did nobody vet this event clearly not like clearly not i did like that the table centerpieces were scales that had rose petals in them i thought that was cute but that is the only positive thing i have to say about that entire scene yeah yeah didn't like it didn't like the cliche like we're gonna put your sex tape up there right and like all of the, you know, the the idea that it's damning evidence of her like being a monster or whatever that she had a bunch of like Tinder matches, huh. and then had sex with the dude con- at the time consensually, right? And that she didn't know was taping. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not like she slutted it up and like staged a sex tape or anything like. Which, you know, is also not a bad thing to do. Like, people do that all the time. And, like, that's your prerogative. I mean, maybe not on your work phone, but it wasn't her phone. She didn't (laughs) record it. Like, I mean, I understand it, like, upsetting her to the degree that it does. Because that's nobody's fucking business. And it's there on 15 billion, like, monitors in front of everybody. That sucks. But I don't understand why it is supposed to make her look bad. It's one of those things where I think the classic story is, is that we show you this so that you think that she looks bad and then she overreacts. But right. like, I think a room full of lawyers have been like, like half of us were doing coke in the bathroom 10 minutes ago. Like <laughs> also like, Hey, these are clearly files. She didn't know you had like, Hmm, let's talk mm-hmm. about how that's a legal problem. Like, you know, every single one of those persons first thought is inadmissible rather than like, oh, she looks bad. Like, no, she doesn't. 
there's ever a group of people who is not going to judge you for like drinking and fucking, yeah, it's a bunch of right, and a bunch of lady lawyers, like, and their supportive family and friends. They are not about to get up in your biz. They're all like, "Good for you," like, "Yep, hey, you've seen some action lately. Better than me. Good for you." Like, we found some time for that. Good for you, right? Like, a plus. They're like, is he cute? Let's get a better angle. Oh, all right. Yes. Good job. You know, like nobody is sitting there going like, oh, that's gross. You know, like, except her white dude boss. Yes. Yeah, because he uses it as premise to be a Right. He fires her for like being attacked, which is cool. And like, I guess for property damage, because she didn't attack any person after that. Like she literally just broke the monitors. Which, again, I would do, and I am not a Hulk. Like, yeah. they, like there was the optics of she picked that guy up, and so then there were the cops around her. Yeah, so she bashed through the wall of the building, uh-huh. catches one of the guys in the ski mask, picks him up, and there oh, are yeah. cops all around her. Right, but then she doesn't actually do anything. And they don't does stop not. him! Oh, cops don't care. Like, do, this do, do, fucking, do. the whole situation did not make sense, and it was a sharp downturn, I thought. It it was, like, I loved so much of this episode up until we get to the gala. Yeah, right. And it, it felt like a weird thing to shoehorn into what was otherwise a great episode. Right, and I think, like, I think this contributes to it being part of the problem that is the finale. Like, I think it like this section really is the first act of the finale rather rather than the last act of the eighth episode, Um, because the eighth episode is so fucking good. Mm -hmm. And then this trash happens that doesn't make any sense. And then we get the finale, which also doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. Like if we had a full season of episodes that are just like episode eight, I would have like. Like, right? I mean, I would, I don't even know what I would have done. I would have, like, moved into the writer's room at Disney to be like, (laughs) tell me more. Like. (laughs) Do you need a legal consultant? Right? Hello. I can help you. Do you need someone to go get coffee? Do you need me to tell you about Disneyland? You work for Disney, but that doesn't mean you know as much about Disneyland as I do. It's okay. Like, like, I just want to be here, you know, like that would have been spectacular. But no, that's not what we got. I also understand trademark law more than any of you Oh, my Lord. (laughs) (laughs) So then we come finally to the finale. Crash fire. It did have good moments. It was such a hit and miss finale for me. Because, like, they're interesting plot points. I'm like, okay, we're coming back to these inhibitors, presenting a lot of, like, eugenics concerns. Just a little bit. I'm a little shaky on the, like, legality of inhibitors like that as a punishment at all. But then that they're, like, just throwing around in perpetuity... Like, that's not a thing you get to say ever. We have a rule against it in property. I just made everyone's brain hurt. I'm sorry to non-legal people, but you're going to have to suffer through any legal person adjacent to you crying for the next 10 minutes. Um, (laughs) It's just, 
it was one of those things where it was like we're not talking about like the x-men side plot where they're like we have the cure for mutanthood this is we are perpetually limiting what your body chemistry wants to do right which we also don't fully understand scientifically because there are only like three people to whom this happens so you know there's no way this can be a considered and measured punishment like it's just well we don't like it when you're big and lizardy so stop mhm yeah like i'm sorry i didn't know i could personally control my cortisol levels simply by wishing not to have them be high like like if we tried beta blockers first right? <laughs> like <laughs> come on <laughs> So I was from a, a storytelling standpoint, I'm like, okay, I could see this being an interesting development in like the broader Marvel Cinematic Universe, which I cared more about than some like bullshit Hulk kid. Yeah. Oh man. I like I had blocked from my mind until I rewatched that they pull Scar in for this. And I'm like, no, no, we don't actually care about more Hulks than this. We don't yeah. want more Hulks. There are too many. And this is enough. Like, we can have two and Abomination, and we're done. We don't need Scar. We don't need Red Hulk. We don't need any of the other ones. Like, no. Put it back. That's too many Hulks. Too many things is all of these side plots needing to get resolved Yeah. in one fucking episode. Like, you couldn't have resolved some of these, like, in time, tying them back into main plot right at any oh, point uh, no we just had to open a bunch of boxes and leave them all over the place and then go oh shit we have one episode to resolve all of this and they just converge together like this bullshit pile of yarn that my yes. daughter with. <laughs> yes it is exactly like that pug hops back in i'm like we haven't really seen pug for yeah, a couple right? he episodes just, like, he just disappears in uh, in the words of Ben Affleck in Shakespeare in Love, for the length of a Bible. It, it was kind of like we swapped Pug and Mallory, and, like, I was happy to have Mallory. Yeah, but, but I, like, was, I missed Pug. He was great. Yeah. I also am not convinced that, like, I'm not convinced he's actually a lawyer. Like, he took first chair on that Dennis case, but, like, everything else about him suggests he's just also a very good paralegal. Mm. As, like, he gave them the pooping bathroom map, which is, like, 100% good paralegal behavior. Like, he pays attention to his co-workers, which is good paralegal behavior, not male attorney behavior. No, I think the headcanon is, is that he started out as a paralegal and then went to law school and came back. Maybe, yeah. Mm-hmm. I sort of like the idea that he's a paralegal who's actually licensed, and so, like, maybe Holloway just, like, made him take a, a case one time. Because it was Dennis, and Dennis couldn't be trusted to have a female attorney, like, tell him what to do. That's that's true. They do point at him. He's like, he's a lawyer, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I'm going to continue to choose to believe that Pug is actually a paralegal, because I have never encountered a male attorney who was as much of a real human being as Pug is. <laughs> I 
I mean, not never. This is unfair to some of my friends, but uh, I'm trusting them not to take it personally, which is a big ask considering that they're male lawyers. I'm just being mean. I don't know. Yeah, I think the only other part of this finale that I liked was there were some great writing moments of just like great lines that made it into the final script. Like, was there a real apology in there that I missed? I like screamed at that line. I'm sorry, you're upset. And she's like, pardon? Like, did you want to actually apologize to me? (laughs) Like, this is the story that Kevin wants. This that was great. Yeah. Right. Well, then I need to talk to Kevin, and they're like, uh. "Yeah, but that whole bit got very out of hand very quickly." Yeah, I like. I thought that the, when when they were originally doing the bit, I thought that they were really just legitimately poking fun at Kevin. Yes. And to take it to the level of like, in order for him to greenlight the bit, <laughs> we have created this little like AI robot from right. Wally, right? Which we gave his hat because oh ha ha, we can make fun of Kevin. Like, but can you though? If you have to make him an all-knowing fucking AI robot thing, like, is that not a little precious? Is that not a little yep. fragile, man, baby? Maybe. Hmm. Did the rest of the series hurt his feelings too much with Todd not being a hero? But yeah, the, the rest of that was horrific. I did I did like the NDA bit, like when she first goes in, and like, that's a real lawyer signature. Like, mm-hmm. for people who sign documents all day, every day, like the fact that there is one kind of recognizable letter at the beginning, and the rest of it is just sort of, Whoa. like, that's, yeah. that's real. That is correct. Yep. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, like the the few little lawyer bits were fun, like the NDA part. The um, like I'd like to make my closing arguments. Yeah, I thought that was a weird way for her to frame that. Like, I get that she was trying to pull on, like, okay, but can we agree that this is a legal comedy? And he's like, if that's what you want to call it. And she's like, well, okay, I'd like to present my closing arguments. Like, present, bitch. You haven't prepared anything. This is all off the cuff. Like, and we know that you do prepare your closings and rehearse them because that was the opening of your season. Like, you don't, don't lie to me, Jennifer. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. When she's like, I smash bad endings. It's like, but did you, though? Did you smash it? Frustrating because I like the trope where you have like the the juxtaposition of the characters telling like here is the plan of what we're gonna do and you have cutscenes of the plan like that happening that happening or even better the plan going horrendously wrong right, dramatically not happening <laughs> yeah no that's good yes and so it it frustrated me that we come into this idea of like okay hey fourth wall break this is bullshit take this out take this out let's make it daytime and we don't go back in and redo it right we don't right we get no context for how it ended up this way instead of hmm. that way like we're just dropped back in like it's been still going on while she was gone ah and like he's arrested now 
and like oh my god right what like how is that more taking responsibility for his actions than if they had said like hey you know these speaking engagements you're doing those are still a violation of your parole and they're not great so like don't do that anymore um and like if we catch you doing it then you're going back to jail like, we didn't know we needed yeah. to be explicit, but we do. So here we are, you know, but instead he's going to jail for 10 years. And what happens to this retreat that we've seen is effective, you know, for a very underserved portion of the community, one has to assume. Like, it, I mean, what is like wrecking dude going to take over? Like, I don't. And what happened, you know. In that vein, like, who owns this retreat now? What happened to the seven soulmates that we never heard from again after he got out of prison the first time? You know, like, it's a little off-brand to just ignore what happened to women on this show that's very about being feminist. You know, I mean, I admit they were, like, weird and, like, you know, a joke, but they're still people, you know? And ostensibly, they're the ones who bought this land. I Prefer doing nothing with them over, like, it being an overt sex cult thing. That's true. Yeah. So, like, you make a valid point. Like, hey, this is a show about women. We should probably, like, acknowledge these other women and their personhood and autonomy. But also, I'll take doing nothing over doing something badly. That's true. Like, yes. I mean, I'm really just, like, I'm caught up in this idea of, like, what happens now you know, yeah. like, is it really good resolution that he's going to prison? Does that tell me what happens in the happily ever after? Like, it doesn't. What ha- what happens to the website? What happens to all these dude bros with right. all of their anger? Because we just, we only really see Todd getting arrested. Right, and for what? It. For what, I would like to know. Because, like, did he still, like, he did very much, you know, in non-retconned parts of the series, steal her blood. Did he inject himself? If yes, why didn't he die? Like Bruce tells us in the first episode, you know, there's a millionth of a percent chance that another person wouldn't just die mm-hmm. from this blood, but like something weird about their family proteins or some shit. Like he should have just died if he took it. Like, and maybe he got arrested before that. But again, for what? Because she just found out about this, so she didn't have time to press any charges about, like, stealing her blood, which is probably prosecutable. You know, like, it didn't make any more sense than the quote-unquote bad ending that she thinks she smashed. Yeah. I did yeah. like when she oh. was arguing with Kevin, though, and she, like, sat down. And he's like, oh, oh, you're sitting down. Like, you think you're going to be here a long time? Like, fuck. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> Yes, that was great. <laughs> like, and that's the thing is that you can see these little like pockets of really good moments that got to be left in. Like, it could have been very good. And like mm-hmm. the exchange with Kevin about her needing to be Jen because you are very expensive. Um, and you know the VFX people have moved on to another project. Like, that would have been really cute and funny if we hadn't already addressed that a billion times when the first episode came out and there were so many articles about, Hey, it was really expensive to make She-Hulk. That's why she looks bad. Like just, just the line of you're really expensive would have been funny. Yes. Adding in a layer of like VFX has already been put on other projects. That I think was too much. 
Right. But that was why she had to transform off screen. Like when the, when camera was on him and it's like, well, I don't need all this. <laughs> yes. You're very expensive. That's the way that an Android would answer that question. Yeah. And like, we already know that she's very expensive and that that's why the show looks bad and how, and why they made major plot decisions based on like what they could afford to VFX. Like that's not something you want to remind people of. But never mind that we decided to put a Sorcerer Supreme in there in several fucking episodes. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know what that dude. I forget his name. I apologize. Uh, Wong? No, no, not Wong, but the actor. Like, I don't know what his appearance oh. fee is or like what he's making per episode. But like, that's obviously the reason it wasn't actual Doctor Strange, you know, like. <laughs> but, you know, like just the way the money was spent and then how they poke fun about it. Like, it just didn't make sense. It's like, don't call my attention to your poor budget decisions. Like, that makes this less fun. Yeah, and I think I think the finale was hard having come off of, like, the better part of episode eight that was really fun. Yeah! To watch it back-to-back, I was like, this, don't... Right, it sucks so hard compared to what we just had. And, like, there are so many more, like, big VFX fights that we didn't need... And then you're going to complain about how expensive they are? I did not need the Bruce training montage to be so fucking long. Right? I didn't need to see him show up, you know, in the <laughs> finale. Like, I didn't need to see Todd transform. Like, that's an expensive shot you should have got rid of. I didn't need to see Hulk show up. You should have got rid of that. But the end, on a really nice note, of... Matt Murdock coming and hanging out with her family. Hang to hang out with her family. <laughs> and like it was it was adorable it was in this so really cute. like like very awkward and painful realistic sense. Just the sense of like, okay, the real story that we've been telling is like how does somebody who was thrust into the superhero world is very big and very pre-existing make peace with that right and who had no interest in it like how do you make yourself part of it in a way that's comfortable to you and so you know maybe they keep it going maybe they don't but finding some comfort in somebody else who has your shared struggle right and is in a reasonably comparable situation you know mm -hmm. that's cool like that was a great note and I mean, I'm glad that was the last, well, second to last thing we got, because we had to end the show about She-Hulk with the note about Hulk, which is what she's been bitching about since day one. Like, I just blocked that out of my memory. Hulk who? I don't know. Right? Who's that? Bruce? I don't know her. Like, I don't. <laughs> I'm just going to be convinced that they have got a budding, long distance, beautiful lawyer relationship. So... <laughs> Like, and there's no excuse to not be bi-coastal in this day and age. Like, you both can manage it. I myself aspire to be bi-coastal. So if anybody listens to this and is in, you know, the New York area and is for whatever reason mentally ill enough to be interested, hit me up. <laughs> and really wants to hang out with these slutty puppies. <laughs> Oh, deeply slutty. My younger dog is the sluttiest creature I've ever known. 
she will <laughs> lift her leg at you at no provocation whatsoever. Um, she she's open for business twenty four seven. So what are what are our final thoughts about the the season as a whole? If we pretend that the finale never happened, it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Like there are okay. rocky moments, um, but I am hopeful that if we get a second season, uh, it will be paced better um, and hopefully lean more into the episode eight type of business than the mm-hmm. MCU type biz. Yeah, I I I enjoyed the episodic yeah. parts of it. Yeah. That's what I really liked. I don't I don't need something that ties into the greater universe. I thought that was the whole point of this was that it didn't have to. Right. Like the point was that the rest of the world goes on while the MCU happens and like shit like mm-hmm. this happens sometimes. Um yeah. yeah, so I hope that that's the direction it goes in future. Um but I do also hope that we get a season two. You know, I hope that we get a chance to redeem ourselves from this. <laughs> I hope that we get like an Emperor's New Groove like <laughs> moment. <laughs> like, we're over here, not here. <laughs> Me, not this guy. <laughs> and just, just like erasing Hulk. Yes. <laughs> Because that's, I mean, that's totally Jennifer's vibe, like, at least half the time. I really, like, oh, that'd be so perfect for a, like, season two, episode one opener. Like, hey, remember me? Over here. This is me. Not this guy. Let him come back in, <laughs> scribble it out. Me. Like, yeah. Like, we're not going to talk about his weird bastard son from space. I don't care. They don't visit. Like, <laughs> I... <laughs> <laughs> they forgot my birthday right? like fuck them I'm gonna hang out with my friends like... <laughs> but that also makes me kind of hope that like we find a reason for David Spade to be on season 2 because the only way to make it more Emperor's New Groove is to have Cusco on it <laughs> oh that'd be so good he could be a really really bitchy paralegal could you? No, no, no. He's going to be like a news reporter doing an interview with her. Like a but she's doing the cross out thing. She could do it to him. That'd be funny. <laughs> Hire me, Disney. <laughs> Are we going to go to school? Yeah. No.